0: Hey guys, I'm Rain, and welcome to Web Chats, where we find the most interesting people on the internet and bring them on to hear their stories. Some of the topics we cover can be funny, interesting, maybe even a little weird, and we do get into some pretty heavy topics, things like substance abuse, suicide, sex abuse, domestic violence, so a quick trigger warning, if you're sensitive to any of those things, you're going to want to think about that before you proceed with any of our episodes, because sometimes it comes up a little bit unexpectedly. If you hear me giving advice to anybody on the show, it's just coming from my own personal experiences and it's coming from my heart, but I am not a trained professional. I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people. So I have a lot to pull from, but I am not a trained professional. Last thing before we get into the show is I want to share a few resources that may be useful for you or somebody you know. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. The National Child Abuse Hotline. 800-422-4453, 800 422 4453. And 24 hour drug and alcohol abuse support line, including an optional 24 hour admittance to rehab, is 877 987 6071. Okay, now let's get into the show.
1: Web chats connected.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Web Chats. Thank you so much for joining me again. I really hope that you're enjoying this shit. Leave a review, please. It really helps us to grow the show. Um, leave a five-star rating if you think that it's five-star. If you think it's shit, then turn this off. But if you're enjoying it, then please leave a five-star rating. And if you feel so inclined, you can also go to patreon.com slash webchats and you can sign up to be a supporter. It's just $2.99 and it really helps a lot because my sister and I want to continue doing this and we would love nothing more. More than to be able to actually make it our full-time job, but I love my full-time job. I run a business. I'm starting another company. I have my family. I mean, my life is absolutely full. Um, but it would be cool to be able to maybe cut off one of my projects and make this uh, one of my main things. Um, my conversation today is with Kenyon. That's not his real name, but that's the name he wants us to use. He was a teacher out in Florida and went through something super traumatic in the classroom, and he's still dealing with it, still having a hard time. And a lot of people who have known him closely for years still don't know that this happened to him. And so that's why the fake name and, you know, whatever. So we got to respect that. Um, And I just really feel like after listening to his story and talking with him, he's such a great guy, the epitome of a great teacher. Huge heart. You're going to feel that. You're going to see that. And I think one day he's going to be standing on stages across America sharing the story of what he's been through and inspiring hearts. Because what he's been through is is heavy. Violence in the classroom, school shootings are an an issue in this this country uh, more than any other country as far as I know. And I think he can be somebody that affects change because he understands that more than most of us ever will, thankfully. Uh, But anyway, Amber came across him in a Facebook group, and he was just starting to feel comfortable enough to share a little bit about what he's been through with the group. And so I'm going to read that to you, and then we'll get into the conversation. So this is what he said. I was a teacher for 15 years. Student snuck up behind me, put a gun right below my left ear, and pulled the trigger three times before I could move. I disarmed him and got the school police. Lucky and unlucky for me, his grandpa didn't keep the guns loaded. Still, in that moment, I thought I was dead. I quit teaching and got to the point I had a plan to kill myself. Ended up in a hospital, seeing a counselor on meds. It's been three years and it still hurts. They said it would go away, but when I still have moments where I feel the gun barrel, still waking up from nightmares, still being triggered, I wonder if it will ever go away. Here's my conversation with Kenyon. Hey, Kenyon. Hey, what's up? How are you?
2: I'm doing okay for a Friday.
0: Right on. Uh, I was just talking to Amber. Hold on a second. Let me let her know you're here. Uh, As soon as
2: I told her it wasn't working, it started working.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the way it works.
1: Uh,
0: I'm going to assume, based on the fact that we're not using your real name here that, uh, you don't want to be on camera.
2: Yeah. I'd rather not.
0: Okay. That's totally fine. That's totally fine.
2: It's just, I'm, I'm a very private person. And I mean, I've got friends that I've known for 20 years that don't know about this.
0: Really? Yeah. I can imagine this is heavy for you. Um, Let's start because obviously anybody listening to this doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to like, you know, dangle a carrot. Something very messed up happened uh, to you uh, while you were on the job. Where is it that this all happened? Can you give me like a state or you don't even want to be that specific?
2: No, I work in Texas. Texas. And, uh, I was a high school theater arts teacher. I uh, taught for 15 years. This happened year 13 and a half. I Loved did another year and a half after the event. Loved your job. Uh, up until then, sure. I uh, did. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I'd had I'd had some shit go down, you know, before, but it was never anything like this.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, I mean, it's just part of being a teacher. You deal with students that are volatile sometimes, and. Uh, okay. Let's set the
0: scene here. What kind of neighborhood? What kind of neighborhood was this that you, or, or what was the atmosphere at this school in particular?
2: Uh, the school is a. Uh, it, it wants to think of itself as the upper class because for many many years uh, it was, it, I guess it was the upper class. Uh, it was you know mostly white. Mm-hmm. people that, uh, had a lot of money because I'm in an oil area. Oh, okay. And, uh, over the past, probably 30 years, uh, or at least the past 20, it really has converted into a, uh, more, um, diverse school. Okay. Uh, and we have, we have lots of, uh, African-American students. We have lots of uh, Hispanic students uh, mm-hmm. that come or Latinx students that come uh, to the school now. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's like the community sees it as one thing and, you know, the people working there and the trenches see it as something else. We were really more of the feel of an inner city school that doesn't want that feel. Uh,
0: so there's some, there's some conflict going on there between like maybe the old roots and where it's trying to transition to. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. And our, our town was, I mean, it, I mean, if I told you the town, you could find a shit ton of history about, you know, all sorts of, you know, (laughs) bad things, but, uh, yeah, you know, what that, sorts
0: of things? I feel like are we I, about, like, are right, we are we dancing around like the the topic this, of racism? Basically, yeah,
2: this is racism, but my yeah. you know, event had absolutely nothing to do with racism. Right. Uh, the the kid involved in my event was white, so
0: it, right. it
2: didn't really you know it doesn't really play in, but it is a problem in my community. But I guess that's another show.
0: No, but but I think that's important and I totally understand that. Anytime, you know, you try to integrate two different, and I'm not even going to say races, but anytime you try to integrate different cultures, there sure. is some friction that's created by that, right?
2: Sure. And, you know, the uh, school is named after a uh, general from the Confederacy, you uh. know, so...
0: I mean, Old you know, oil money in a confederate named, uh, school. Yeah. I, I yeah. can start to paint a picture of the area now. Okay. And is this where you grew up or did you just start teaching yep. there?
2: I actually grew up about an hour and a half away in a smaller town and, uh, I moved here when, uh, I got married. And so I've been in this area for probably about 25 years.
0: Got it. And what made you want to teach drama and
2: theater? I love it. Uh, I mean, it's something that I've done for, uh, since I was about 14, cool. uh, I started, uh, we didn't really have a drama program in my high school, and so uh, I was taking some lessons for singing and lessons for acting And uh, at one of the local community colleges, and uh, they invited me to join their... Uh, production of Hello Dolly mm-hmm. and I did and I mean it just it, it stuck with me and so that was my, my first experience and I, I continued on you know the rest of my life doing that and uh, I've, I've done I've directed I've acted uh, professionally and uh, also I'm a playwright uh, I've had some plays won some awards so awesome in that to, uh And I'm actually kind of writing a play about this experience as well as other people's experiences with it.
0: That's a good idea. I feel like creating art from situations like this is not only therapeutic, but it's just you can create something that really comes from somewhere and you can tell, you know.
2: Something that other people can relate to. And uh, sometimes we heal through art.
0: Absolutely. So you decided that you wanted to share this gift of drama and theater that you enjoyed so much with other kids in your area, make it more accessible, and that's what led you to start teaching. Yes. And uh, 15 years you're teaching, how was your experience as a teacher, obviously, before this kind of traumatic incident happened? You know,
2: everybody in the teaching field, I think, has their ups and downs. I think I had more ups than downs. Um, I think the thing that I did... And what I was able to do was I connected with students really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm in contact with students that I taught my first year. So, you know, nearly 20 years ago. uh, I mean, I've got like a student that sent me pictures of their brand new baby, you know, email as part of the family, you know, email, uh, you know, and and I've got kids like that. I call them kids. They're in their 30s now, but I've got kids like that all over the country, you know yeah these relationships with and that are doing theater work or they're in engineering or they're you know doing yeah. something else, you know waiting tables in New York trying to make it well, they're probably not waiting tables right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah
2: but uh, anyway, the question
0: uh, I have I guess the 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 reason why I'm trying to figure something out here is you know every teacher, I think is both loved and hated. Right. Every teacher, every teacher has kids that like, oh, my God, you changed my life. And they'll follow along with you for the rest of your life. And they'll tell everybody about you. and They'll never forget about you. And then no matter how good of a teacher you are, there's going to be some kids out there who just don't like you. Your personalities don't, you know, match up or they're really difficult and you're forced to discipline them more. And they feel like, you know, they don't understand that in general. How would you say you were received by the kids? Do you think for the most part, kids liked you or, or how do you think they thought about you?
2: Yeah, I, I really do. Uh, you know, before this incident for sure, uh, I had, uh, you know, I, I kinda, I handled discipline a lot different than a lot of other, uh, teachers did. Hmm. I never handled it in the classroom. Hmm. I went with the Patrick Swayze movie, uh, get them outside.
0: Uh, that and way you don't embarrass that, them. You get their, dif- their, yeah, down. And,
2: and I never, I never did discipline in the classroom. I always took it outside yeah. and usually it, wasn't even once we were outside, my question wasn't what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? It was what's up.
1: Right. You know? Uh,
2: and so again, you know, making connections with these kids. So they know, you know, because I, I don't know what that kid's been through. I mean, he may have, you know, had the shit kicked out of him by his parents that morning. Who knows? You know, okay, he may now be- I
0: understand what kind of teacher you are. That's what I was trying to figure out. There's a few different types yeah. of teachers and that's who you are. You're the guy who really cares. Yeah. Um, I mean, your whole premise for starting teaching was because you wanted to share a gift, something that you were passionate about with kids. I mean,
2: well, and also to provide (coughs) a space, a safe space for students, Hmm. Uh, no matter, you know, race, gender, sexual preference. I, you know, they knew I didn't give a shit about that, that Mm -hmm. I cared about them.
0: That's a beautiful yeah. thing so, for some kids. That's all they have is that one teacher who provides yeah. that space for them and actually cares because like you said, their home life can be fucked.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I dealt with that and, uh, with kids and, uh, you know, I was, I was one of those teachers that I was usually the first one they came out to if they were gay and I would mm-hmm. be like, so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: which is exactly what somebody coming out for the first time needs to hear. No big deal. It's all good. What else, you know, what are we having for lunch?
2: Well, and also, and spreading that, you know, to the students is funny. This has nothing to do with anything, but mm-hmm. I had, uh, it was my first year teaching a theater two class and I had these, uh, and, and the class was really tight because we had, I'd worked them into, you know, through these acting drills and we were doing a show together. Mm-hmm. And so they had all become really close. Um, uh, almost like a family. And one day I had these two big guys that were football players come to me and they were like, hey, Mr. I just said my last name. Anyway, I'll uh, it out. Uh, is and I'm going to change this guy's name too, is Craig Gay. Mm-hmm. And I said, Does it matter? And they're like, no, no, we just we just want to know. Is is Craig Gay? And I was like, does it matter? It's going to change anything. And they're like, no, no, no. I said, then why are you asking me? And so about a week later, they were leaving class and they were like, see you later, Craig. And one of their friends, you know, had met him at the door and was like, hey, isn't that dude gay? And he, they were like, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, you know, that, that, that's kind of the, the, what I tried to build in my that's classroom. What,
0: that's what you're supposed to be teaching. You're not just Definitely. teaching your subject. You're supposed to be teaching people how to be a good human being because they're spending Absolutely. half their life with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so let's, I guess let's dive into this. Who is the student kind of share with me the nature of your guys' relationship leading up to what happened?
2: Um, This was a student and I want to explain the class too. It was a technical theater class,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. technical theater. We're using power tools. We're working at heights. Um, It's a lot of group work. It's a lot of unsupervised work because I'll, get groups working on something and then get another group working on something else. And so my eyes aren't on every student at all times, Mm -hmm. It's just kind of the nature of the class. And this was a kid that I knew was going to struggle in this class. And so day one, I called and talked to the counselors just like, Hey, uh, I'm not trying to get rid of this kid, but this is not the right class for him. Can we move him to, you know, maybe my acting class? Um, because again, I, I, I didn't want to dismiss this student, but I knew that this was a student that didn't have the self-control that didn't have, uh, he needed
0: more structure.
2: He needed eyes on all the time. And why, uh, how did you see that? Uh, well, I had seen him in other classes and also I had seen his modifications and his discipline. Uh, they have, uh, personalized discipline plans.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I just knew this wasn't going to work for this kind of class. And so
0: basically, this kid had already demonstrated that he doesn't do well yeah. if there's not a bunch of supervision on him. So, kind of as exactly. soon as you saw him, there was like a target on him, like, no, this isn't going to work. You knew it already.
2: Well, you know, like he had been in a the theater one And I don't class, mean to say
0: a target, that's not the right word. No, but yeah. No,
2: but he had been in the theater one class and I had, had observed him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he wasn't in my class, but he's in one of my other teachers' classes and I'd observed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew this was going to be a safety hazard. And that's what I told them. This uh-huh. kid's going to get hurt or somebody's uh-huh. going to, you know, he's going to hurt somebody.
0: And you didn't try to get rid of him. You said, give him to me, no. but move him to my acting class, not this class,
2: which, which I've done, you know, in the past before without problem.
0: Okay. But, so he wasn't the first uh, one either.
2: Well, it's like I had a kid who had uh, a multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. and they put him in a theater appreciation class. And he was really struggling because the kids around him didn't understand him and didn't, you know, relate to him. And even though I tried, and so I went to this counselor and I was like, hey, let's put him in my theater two class. That's a class where I've got, you know, it's a smaller class. It's a class where the kids are going to love him and they're mm-hmm. going to nurture him. And they made the switch and it, it that exactly happened. Right. You know, like three or four kids just took took him under their wing. And, you know, I still see that. Kid around and he, he he's so excited to see me,
1: you mm. know. Yeah. Uh,
2: but had he stayed there, he would have floundered.
0: Right. So uh, you're creating these classes and therefore creating the atmosphere. So you would be the one to know what's yeah. going to work for a kid and what's not. And they got to trust you yeah. to make that decision.
2: Yeah. And and in the past, I had it, it was a class that you had to apply for, mm. but administration came in and put a nix on that mm. uh, because they just wanted numbers.
0: Mm, So you had already Uh, tried to create some sort of a prerequisite, like, let me review these, make sure they're going to fit. But then once they took that, it just opened the doors for anybody.
2: Yeah. And you also have to understand uh, being that this student and, you know, honestly, I was thinking about this and I was trying to think of his name
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and I can't remember his name. I've completely blocked it from my memory. Wow. I can still see his face, but I cannot remember his name for the life of me. I couldn't tell you his name.
0: Which is interesting because uh, as we'll get into this, I have a feeling there's got to be some legal documents around this and everything else. And so you probably saw his name a lot after this.
2: Well, yeah, I, I saw him every day and I called his name every day for six months. Right. You know, so right. But it's just, it, it's one of those weird, weird things I think that happens in our brain, you know, mm-hmm. that you know, sometimes we block things out so that that we can't handle.
0: Almost like uh, as a defense mechanism. Uh, absolutely. You yeah. Know, so, uh,
2: and I know that happens a lot with people that, you know, develop, you know, they have trauma as a child. They won't remember until they're adult because they're not ready to deal with it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, well, even beyond that, a lot of people get stuck in a certain mind frame. We hear about that a lot. You know, someone is abused or something at 10, 11 years old and they don't really mature right. much past that. It really happens. It's a real thing, you know. Sure, yeah. Sure.
2: And uh, anyway, so th- that was how it started. Um, I was notorious for not writing students up. Uh, in in my fifteen years there, I probably had maybe four or
0: five write ups. When I was a kid, if I was in your class, I, I would have been one of the four or five. <laughs> For sure, yeah, <laughs> I could piss off even the sweetest teacher in my school, man. <laughs> dude,
2: I would I would have pegged you the first day, and you would have been you would have been so happy to be in my class. I probably would have been- loved it. Uh, but but anyway, I and, and I did not. And, and what I'm about to say is, I had more write ups for this student than mm. all of my others combined. Mm. And part of that was covering myself. Got uh, it. And creating and a paper trail. Got it. Because the student after, you know, I, I thought he was going to be put in a different class. They said, no, special ed students have so many more rights than a normal student. Uh, and, and I'll get into that a little bit later. And when it came to the punishment for the student. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, so they left him in the class and I was like, OK, if you're leaving in the class, I've got to have. Somebody come in and help me. Uh, he you needs... were really
0: worried about this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. View, I mean, this 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 feels like a lot of I don't want to say nervous, and, but maybe for lack of a better word, nervous attention around this kid. Just like what's going to happen?
2: Well, yeah, because I, I kind of felt like it was a ticking time bomb. I never dreamed what happened would happen. I was afraid he was going to get hurt. I mean, that was that was uh-huh. my true concern. Like I said we're using power saws we're using uh you know, all sorts of equipment we're building huge sets we're doing lights from thirty feet in the
0: air. I'm trying to figure out what type of uh trouble he, this kid was was well, he like just talkative disruptive you, or what
2: I can give you a little history okay he uh he was adopted very young he was adopted from russia uh, uh he only spent a couple of years with his family, his parents, because mm. they couldn't handle him, and they sent him on to uh, live with his grandparents, who basically just let him run wild. Mm. Um, this was a kid that had had conversations with teachers about hurting animals. Uh, there were lots of red flags.
0: Okay, so this kid was really uh, disturbed. This in. wasn't just like he wasn't yeah. just like a chatterbox.
2: No. And he, he was very defiant, especially to male teachers. Um, and he, uh, when he came into the room, he had to be the center of attention. Uh, and he, he would get that attention however he could.
0: Well, I can understand now that you explained that. That's why I wanted to really get a feel for who this kid is. So I can understand why you would be on edge. Now it makes a lot more sense.
2: For six months, I stayed in contact with the, uh, head of the special ed department. Uh, I had to write him up on several occasions. Uh, you know, there was once he just went over and turned on a saw for absolutely no reason. Wow. Uh, and so for me, I was making a paper Fuck. trail. Yeah. But, but for me, I was making a paper trail
1: yeah. to
2: say, Hey, there's a problem. And I kept, I kept asking somebody, please, you know, help me out with this kid. Mm. I was like, I've been doing this for 13 years. I've never had this situation help, you know?
0: And what would they say and, when you'd speak to whoever, administration, what would you say, What would they say to you?
2: Well, we don't have the funding.
0: The funding? And I'm like, yeah. To move them to a different class?
2: No, they didn't have the funding to have somebody come stay with them and, and help me as a teacher's aide oh. uh, or a student aide. He would actually been a student aide. Uh, some students that are in special ed have people that travel with them you know, through every class, and I'd I'd had some of those in my tech classes.
0: So that was and, the main solution that you were looking for was just get somebody yeah, to kind of monitor him.
2: Yeah, if we're not going to move him, and because they fought it because of the special ed, mm-hmm. then and he he, you know, then fine, but give me somebody so I can have. Somebody dedicated eyes on this kid.
0: Right. And focus Uh, on the rest of the class because I'm sure with your attention being so squarely focused on him that the other kids weren't getting enough attention as well. So it's kind of a two prong thing. Uh, And and
2: I did have kids come to me and were like, you know, we've got to do something because we're not getting done what we need to get done. (laughs) And I'm like, I know because, you know, this is one of the classes that built the sets and did the lights and made the costumes and, uh, did everything for our big productions. And, uh, and it was, it was causing a slowdown, uh, because really couldn't. And there's some kids that had been in this tech class, you know, for two or three years that were really upset because they weren't getting to learn what they wanted to learn. Uh,
0: they want to do set design uh, and stuff and they're just like missing their opportunity.
2: Yeah. Because I'm dealing with, you know,
0: right. Um,
2: so as and, you start
0: giving him these write-ups, I have to assume that that started to create some animosity.
2: Uh, yeah, but this is a kid also that was getting written up pretty much every day everywhere. Hmm. So uh, for him, I I don't know if that was what triggered him. Um, but I do know the day before it was I've been begging since. September and it was January,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the day before, uh, they sent somebody to observe him in my class, mm. and that was the first bit of help that I got. Mm. Uh, they were there for fifteen minutes. He was a little angel, and they left. <laughs> and so it's like when you it's like when
0: you're sick and you go to the doctor and all of a sudden you feel fine, right? It's like
2: no, it's like it's like the kid that you know knows when they're in trouble. And so they, sure, you know, the sure. he, he, Eddie Haskell them.
0: <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you know?
2: This yeah. is, this, you know, and when I say special ed, this has absolutely nothing to do with this kid's intelligence. Sure. Uh, this kid was actually uh, he was on the chess team mm-hmm. uh, for the school. He was, he was brilliant, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, and I think that, that, that played into everything. I think at times he knew exactly what he was doing. So anyway, uh, the day that it happened, it was kind of like I, I wouldn't say every other day, but uh, we were in we, we had stayed in the classroom to work on projects There were smaller projects. And so I'd spent a lot of the class, probably the first three quarters with him working on a project. And then another student, I'll call him Jason, uh, not his real name. Uh, was having problems working on a capital that goes on top of a pillar. And so he asked me if, you know, I could come help him. And I was like, you know, sure. We've got about, I don't know, just a few minutes left in class. Uh, I told that kid to keep working on his project. But uh, when I started working with Jason and his uh, capital, he was having a really hard time fitting on. hmm and so we were trying to figure it out cause we were measuring it and it should fit, but it wasn't fitting. And so my mind was really focused in on helping, uh, Jason do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and we were both focused and he was kind of in front of me and, you know, trying to make this capital work and see what we needed to do and doing some sanding on it to try to make the opening bigger. So, so it would fit. And, uh, and I, and i've been working with him for probably 10 minutes you know but you know raising my eyes to check on the other class and everything but uh all of a sudden um i felt behind my left ear uh a metal tube and um i i i grew up with guns my father was an avid hunter uh i was I hunted to have time with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never really into the hunting aspect, but I enjoyed, you know, drinking coffee with dad by fire, you know, sure. and stuff like that. So, uh, but I, 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 I know I knew guns fairly well. My father trained me and all of that. And I knew exactly what it was below my ear, mm. and I froze. Um, and the next thing that I remember is hearing the, the hammer hit that he had pulled the trigger. And, you know, it, it, is, it is one of those things that, you know, it sounds corny and stupid, but yeah, time just slows so down so slow at that point. Because I remember thinking as I heard it click that I was dead. But uh, I wasn't, and I was shocked.
1: Mm.
2: And and then I heard the second click, mm. and I'm still frozen. And I, and I know it's it's probably from from the beginning to the end. It's maybe a second, but I, I just couldn't move. And then I heard that third click. You know that he pulled the trigger again. And finally, my mind, I guess, caught up mm-hmm. and I realized either it's misfiring or it's, you know, it, it's not loaded or something.
0: But we're not going to wait for click number four. Yeah,
2: goddamn it, move. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> uh, at that point, I turned and grabbed the gun out of his hand. I just turned it whipped around and just grabbed it. And... Uh, and he started laughing and I told him to get the fuck out, which, you know, that that's totally, you know, not my style in front of students. Um, and and at that point, I just, I needed him away from me yeah. and I needed him away from the students. I knew we had great resource officers, uh, and that they would take care of it from there. But I, uh, I just could, he had to go. Uh, And I think it was for me because I'd gone from now from, you know, I've learned a lot through this because I just always thought there was fight or flight, but there is that third freeze Mm. and I had gone from freeze to fight Mm. and I'm a big man. And uh, at that point I was having to really control my rage. Mm. Uh, and he, he ran off. I turned and looked at Jason and he's just still sitting there, you know, and his mouth has just dropped, Mm. uh, because he just watched this happen. Mm. And I, uh, I said, are you okay? And he was like, are you okay?
0: (laughs) I don't know if I ever asked how old are these kids? High school what grade sophomore
2: the, this class that have to have been sophomore to seniors okay the so there, uh,
0: so there's 16 17 18 15 16 17 yeah. something like that okay
2: yeah yeah okay and and this kid at that time was a sophomore okay uh, and so anyway i'm just like i i've realized i've got there's things i have to do now mm-hmm. um and so
0: so you're standing in the I, class with a gun in your I, hand.
2: Yeah, and 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 the bell rings, which I think was the best thing that could have happened. And so everybody clears out. Some of the kids in the class never even saw it, which I'm grateful for mm-hmm. uh, because they were working on their stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I I have a safe in my uh, in my classroom, and so I put the gun in the safe because mm-hmm. I didn't want, you know, anything else to happen. And then I went and found the, this kid's principal. I didn't send an email. I didn't make a phone call. I was like, fuck it. I'm going and we're talking face to face. And I told him what happened. And he was like, he, he he was he was an assistant principal. He was very, you know, supportive of me. He was like, this kid's gone. You know, you never have to worry about this kid again. La-di-da-di-da. And uh, I said, OK. And I looked at him and I said, I'm leaving. I've got two more classes, but I'm leaving.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I said, I can't be here right now. And so uh, they, they pulled another teacher uh, that had off periods to, to cover my last two classes. And I remember uh, getting in my car. And uh, I just felt like I couldn't go home. Uh, and so there's a park that's close to the school and I just parked in the park and I started, uh, excuse me. It's okay. And I, I guess I should say the, the gun ended up being unloaded, but uh, of course, you know, I didn't know that at the time he had taken it from his grandfather.
0: That changes nothing.
2: And, uh, anyway,
0: well, it changes something. Thank God you're still here. But
2: yeah, I'm still alive. That's the only thing that it changes. But yeah, so I, I've got to get off campus, and, I, and I, but I don't want to go home with all of this, you know, going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I go to this park, and I start crying, and it's one of those kind of things that's like uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it was just, it was bizarre. I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. And, uh, so the 40 year old teacher calls his mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I can't talk, Mm -hmm. but she knows something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so anyway, she just starts talking to me. Uh, and then she starts praying for me, which my mom is a very religious woman. I'm like the (laughs) anti-religion kind of (laughs) guy, not not really anti-religion. I'm just uh I'm an atheist, so mm-hmm. anyway but but hearing that you know soothed me, you know that she was you know praying for me, um, and I believe that did help me uh, mm-hmm. to kind of pull myself back together, but I was there probably for half an hour in my car. I'm sure people that saw me thought I was going nuts, I thought I was going nuts um.
0: Well, I think but, it makes a lot of sense. You had so much emotion yeah. around that moment and had to keep your composure. Yeah. But as soon as you got to a place where you could let it out, it's a lot. Yeah.
2: And and, and actually, before I left the campus, I had to write up what happened exactly mm-hmm. as well. And so that was something that, you know, hey, got to get this done, mm-hmm. you know, and then get off campus and then just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I called my wife. Um I had her meet me at the house and I told her what happened. Uh, She's kind of a mama bear. She wanted to go take care of things herself uh, at the school. Uh, But uh, anyway, you know, the, the, the next day I get back to the school and, uh, you know, they didn't offer any time off or anything. uh,
0: No police involvement.
2: Uh, Yeah, there was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they asked me if I wanted to press charges. And at that point in time, by that point, I was like, look, this kid needs help, (laughs) you know, putting him in the system is not going to help him. You know, I don't want to press charges, but I want some certain things to happen. Right. And so, uh, because I did have to turn the gun over to, you know, the police and, and all of that. I mean, I uh, wonder
0: what was the interaction between you and all these people in the faculty that you've been trying to tell them for months that this kid was an issue and then well, this happens. What's your next interaction
2: yeah. with them? I, well, one of my friends was an assistant principal and he came down to check on me uh, the day after it happened. And he said, he said, I'll be totally honest with you that everybody up there is scrambled because they're afraid they're about to get sued. Ah, uh, and I'm going, I don't want to fucking sue anybody. I just want, you know, I, I want this kid to get the help that he needs. I want me to get the help that I need. And I never want to see his ass again. You know, that's, and that,
0: you that very, and they, and they knew they fucked up because you very oh yeah, well oh could yeah. have sued them. Oh, I don't know were, if you did or not, but they you were could circling
2: have, the wagons and they were trying to get their stuff together. But yeah. the problem was, is I had also created that paper trail that I talked
0: exactly. about.
2: Exactly, And had, I had I emails. The and, day
0: before, I mean, there was like yeah. so much evidence that you were begging for help.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so everybody was trying to cover their ass up there. Uh, and so I didn't have a whole lot of conversations with them because I was, I think they were afraid to talk they to me. They didn't
0: want to talk. Everything's on the record now. Yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense
2: and uh fucking so assholes
0: they, fuck those guys
2: oh yeah i agree uh and, and I, that's would not be the first time that i'd said that
0: uh they because they failed, a lot worse. They've failed got, hardcore how do you not listen oh, to yeah. the teacher who you know is a fucking good teacher like well, that's fucking bullshit if they're not gonna listen to you who are they gonna listen to
2: well and the thing about it was is a few years before i had a similar kid but different he was probably on a mentality of maybe a Mm eight-year-old and uh but there were there were some creepy crawlies going on in his head and he said some things and I watched him as he uh took his finger and pretended to shoot the entire class one time Mm. uh you know and you know and I and I kept asking for this kid to help you know and one time he had a breakdown in my class was crying I had you know, one of my really good students walk him up to the counselor. The counselor called me like two minutes later and was like, well, "What am I supposed to do with this kid?" And I'm like, "Fucking counsel him, <laughs> help him. That's your job. Do
0: your job, you know? yeah."
2: But that—that's kind of the and, and the whole thing is, you know, I was with that kid for a year, and the whole way of uh, the, their solution to that problem because I had, you know, and with him it wasn't really you know behavioral issues. It was psychological issues this kid needed help right and uh but the the answer to the problem for them was do not put him in class again Mm -hmm. and so he went to another class and he threw a desk across the room and broke a girl's arm do you and i'm just going do you think this is just this school that's that's doing this or i think this is everywhere i think it's a funding issue i think it's an issue with uh people that are being called one thing, but that they don't think it's their job. Mm. Uh, like our counselors, they're schedulers. So call them a scheduler and let's get some real counselors in there to help these kids.
0: Right. Uh, Cause when you put the title on them and they're not ready yeah. to step up to the plate, then there's a yeah. gap there, especially in a sensitive exactly. position like that. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, so any, what ended up this kid's punishment Uh Uh, The principal at the moment told me he was gone, but in my state, if a student is special ed, they are only allowed to be out of the classroom for three days. So he got a three-day
0: suspension, and that was it. And because you didn't press charges... Yeah. But isn't this one of those things where like and I don't know, like I'm from California, maybe Texas is different. But isn't this one of those things where it's not even up to you if you want to press charges or not? The kid pulled a gun out in school. He's going to jail.
2: No, they uh, they asked me if I wanted to press charges and I said I didn't. They could have themselves. But right. At that point, it was (laughs) that school district is notorious for the cover up. And that's what happened.
0: Cover up. Why?
2: Because they didn't want to look bad. Right. And they, uh, they have it to where in our contract, we're not allowed to ever speak to the media without Mm pre-approval or we could be fired.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, and so this never got into the media. Uh, they tried to keep it as quiet as possible. Um, it stayed quiet. And, you know, I, I, I do take responsibility that I I'd let them. But at that point, I don't feel like I was if I went back in time, press charges. Fuck. Yeah. Because then I would know that something was being done because what ended up being done was nothing. Wow. Uh, the kid continued to go to the school. He was banned from my building. Uh, for the for the rest of his high school career. So
0: you went back but, to work too.
2: Yeah, I was back at work the next day. Wow. Uh,
0: Did you see each other anymore?
2: There was a couple of times, uh, and and I, I'm he was assigned to a room that I was testing in, and uh, he walked in, saw me, and turned around and walked out. Hmm. Uh. And I'm guessing he went somewhere because he had been told, and also I'm sure when I looked at him, he he he, uh, he realized he was not in the right place. Uh,
0: what did you think when you looked at him? What kind of look was that?
2: At that point, it was the following year, and I was I was really struggling, mm. and rage.
1: So it I was mean,
0: anger. I,
2: oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was total rage, uh, mm-hmm. and I felt that for a long time. Mm. Um,
0: did you have thoughts of like doing anything? Obviously, you never did, but like, um, did you feel like you needed to not, express not that? To,
2: not to him. Um, I for for the, I can kind of go with the next year and a half I taught. Um, most days, I cried on the way to work. Wow because I was in the same classroom for an additional year and a half. Wow. Um I was no longer the same teacher. Mm. I couldn't make connections with students and the students that I had, you know, already built, you know, relationships with, I was completely closed off. Mm. Uh every day, every every moment of the day my head was on a swivel. Um mm. uh, and I was fucking scared the whole time. I me, mean, it was totally irrational, hmm. but I couldn't couldn't break past it. And in you know, looking back, I see i I wasn't allowing these kids to get close to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a year and a half, I was just like, I gotta get out of here. I can't I can't stay here. I'm coming back in the same room every fucking day. It happened, you know, five feet from my desk. You know, I just can't do this. And so I went to another school district and, uh, and it didn't change. You know, it was the same thing. Um, I still wasn't able to connect with students. I was having uh, issues. I also, at this time, I was, uh, I had an undiagnosed broken bone in my back. Uh, and so I was in pain you know, 24 hours a day. Mm. So that was added on to it.
0: This is a low point. Uh,
2: and, uh, and I decided at that point, I I'd seen that the school provided a, they, they sent me to a doctor who gave me a pill and said, you take this and you'll be fine. Mm. I wasn't. Mm. They sent me to the psychologist who was complete and total fucking asshole. Um, when I went in and started talking to him about this, he started talking about his gun collection uh, and shit like that. Exactly. That's what I said uh, and started, you know, spouting second amendment shit at me. And I'm just like, wow. Dude, you know? Wow. Uh, and so I lasted, I think two sessions with him and I was like, I'm out. I can't do, this, this is not doing anything, but making me more angry mm. Uh, So I did, I did do that. And, and, you know, at that point I was like, you know, I'll handle it myself, which I didn't do very well. And so Mm -hmm. I'd been at this new school for about three months. Uh, I was in constant pain and uh, I decided to take my life. Uh, I was done. And uh, I have a very loving wife that supported me through all of this. She, you know, I mean, can imagine nightmares and all of that, you know, Mm. she still occasionally has to wake me up to get me out of them. And, uh, we have a deal where we, we, we don't make a big deal of it anymore. She just puts her hand on my shoulder and leaves it there until I fall back asleep. Mm. Uh, Mm. just so I know she's there. Uh,
0: Oh man, I'm sorry. But
2: you know, for me in my head, I was like, she deserves better than this. And I started adding things up in that, you know, I've got a hundred grand for uh, life insurance that doubles with if it's an accident. And then I knew I was coming up on a couple of days of teacher work days. And if I had a work accident and died, then it would pay even more. And I was thinking in my head, you know, she can she can pay off her student loans, she can pay off the house, she can, you know, live for a few years. She's gonna be better off because, you know, I'm so broken physically and mentally that it's just not working, you know. And uh so I, I made a plan. I I uh I take a blood thinner for a blood condition I have. So my plan was to take about six or seven of those. And uh, I had some hydrocodones and I was going to take a couple of those to help. And I was going to have an accident uh, with one of my power tools. And uh, I would be in an area where nobody would find me for hours. I was going to leave my cell phone on my desk. So... It looked like an accident. Uh, the weekend before, my wife and I, every year we go to a, a film festival. And so for me, I was like, this is our last hurrah. Mm-hmm. And so we went and, uh, you know, I had a good time. But, you know, that was hanging over my head the whole time. And she knew something was wrong. And she just kept after me. And, uh, mm. her Scotch Irish got up and she, she finally, you know, confronted me and said, you've got to tell me what's going on. You've got to tell me. And even though I didn't want to, cause I knew she would ruin the plan. <laughs> uh, I told her, uh, what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, we, we had that conversation, uh, and, uh, you know, of course she told me that I was worth more to her than all the insurance and all of that, and uh, she was like, insisted I get help. And uh, so I went to my new principal who I, uh, at this school, who I have to say is a hell of a guy. and I just I was very straight with him, and I told him, uh, I didn't tell him I was going to do it on campus. <laughs> but I, I told him I'd made a plan. And, uh, anyway, um, he fully supported me in whatever I needed to do. And I still, I'm still in contact with him. We email every now and then, uh, checking on each other. And, um, I went from there and went to the hospital, uh, the psychiatric hospital here in town. And I spent the next week and a half there. Um, I found out that, uh, you know, the, I, I'd also been, you know, once I got, I, I never saw the doctor at the school supplied me with the, you know, again, and I went to my doctor and he gave me some pills, found out that that was probably the wrong one. Uh, had some intense one-on-one counseling, had a lot of group sessions. First two days I was there. I didn't do anything but cry. Mm. Uh but, uh, by the last, the last few days, I kind of felt like, you know, I, uh, was kind of getting my feet under me again. And I got, and another thing was, is before all of this, I tried to get a psychiatrist to see me, but none of them were taking new patients. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear my dogs or not
0: a little so, bit, but that's okay.
2: Uh,
1: they go how did crazy you? Crazy how
0: how did you claw yourself back? I'm wondering because I totally understand. The uh, you had got it in your head that you know, you had got it in your head that your wife would be better off without you, and you're going yeah. through all this pain and it's tormenting. How did you end up coming back from that? The
2: the week and a half in the uh, hospital really helped, and I connected to my psychiatrist,
1: mm-hmm.
2: who was the one that I'd tried to see. And they had already told me I was going to see her there just, you know, kind of intake kind of thing because she was the next one up. And she listened to my story and said, you're now my patient. Mm. Uh, it took me on even though she wasn't taking patients. Mm. Uh, and so with her her help, um, I started going to an actual good counselor uh, that helped me, you know, as far as, as they could take me. Um, I I also, I, I I changed, uh, one of my doctors, they were, you know, I was having this back pain. And so I was seeing this back doctor. Mm -hmm. And so I changed doctors and they pulled up my MRI that the other doctor had done and, uh, started talking to me about this broken bone in my back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And there's like, right here. It's on the MRI. Your doctor's never said anything to you about this.
1: Wow.
2: And I was like, no, they've been telling me this was in my head. (laughs) Uh, And I needed to lose weight, which is probably true. But uh, they were like, no, you have a broken bone right here. And it's, it happened a long time ago. It's never going to heal. We got to manage your pain from now on.
1: Wow.
2: And I was just, you know, and and I think hearing that and knowing somebody was going to help me with the pain. It was like, that gave me hope, you yeah. know, one less thing. Uh,
0: what did what did your therapist do to help you build back into some some self-worth? Because feeling like you weren't worth, you know, yeah. weren't worth it or weren't good enough or, you know, were bringing your wife down and all. How did you build yourself back up?
2: Well, with that therapist, I, uh, I worked on tools to help with the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also explained to me what happened because I took that freezing and you have to understand I'm, I'm a guy that I, I'm a natural protector. And I mean, I was, even though I was a younger brother, I was always protective of my older brother.
1: Sure. I was
2: very protective of my younger sister. There was a kid that, uh, started messing with my little sister at church and I took him out back and beat the shit out of him.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, cause you don't mess with my family. <laughs> and sure. so I've been that protector, you know, all my life and to have been in that moment and not been able to protect myself or, you know, the other kids in my class, I had a lot of guilt. I get that. And,
0: uh, That's I normal. It, I get I, that. I think any of us would feel like that, yeah. that that's going to fuck with your manhood a bit, your pride, your who you think you are. I, I get that. That's a, yeah. makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, but, but he was able to kind of explain the process of the brain and made me also realize mm. in my head, this whole thing took 30 seconds. In reality, it was a second. Mm. Uh, because my brain went into warp speed
1: mm-hmm.
2: when it felt that metal, you know, below my ear. And so I guess... Uh you know, learning those things and, and, and giving myself back some value mm-hmm. uh has helped. Forgiving and, yourself
0: a bit
1: too. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And
2: and him saying, Look, you you took the gun away from him. Yeah, you, right. you were the one that did that, you know. Right. Uh what if it was just misfiring and the next one was there? What if there weren't any bullets in those first few chambers, but there were in the next one? Absolutely. You know? absolutely, Because uh, it was a revolver, you know, and and, and so that, that helped.
0: Not to mention know? the way that you managed yourself to minimize the trauma for all the other kids in the class.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and that, that was just something that, you know, I, I, we live in such a day and age where, you know, we have so many of these fucking school shootings that mm-hmm. it's always you know if a teacher tells you they never think of it they're they're lying right uh, because it's something that you think of if not daily at least weekly Absolutely. Uh, and I mean I always had a joke with my kids because we were the campus was close to Starbucks and I said if anything goes down y'all try to keep up because <laughs> and I'll buy you a drink at Starbucks because. <laughs> Only place I'm getting shots in my ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, That's just kind of the relationship I had with, you know, my students yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get and, it. And but, you know, also,
0: especially in a state like, like where you are in Texas, where everybody has guns. I'm in mean, California, and, and, you know, oh, yeah. it's a little bit more restricted here. They're not as yeah. readily accessible.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you can walk into Walmart and get your milk, eggs, and uh, shotgun uh, any <laughs> 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 anytime you want. <laughs> so. Uh I mean we have specialty stores of just guns. So I mean it's yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I'm a town of less than a hundred thousand, and we have at least three that are just totally dedicated gun stores. So
1: yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: It's uh it's always around. And and, and I want to say, and I told your uh person that contacted me, you know, I am not over this. Uh, I mean I still I'm still dealing with it. And I feel like, you know, the one therapist took me as far you know, as they could with what they did, and uh, before the coronavirus started, I was seeing a new therapist, uh, and they were going to this—they're uh, going to try a new uh, thing called, e- I think it's M EMDR, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something about uh, how the brain processes, and uh, it uses like these physical vibrating things that you hold on to and some people use lights and stuff, but it's something that the U S military uses, uh, to treat PTSD. And mm-hmm. so I've, I started that, but you know, that's kind of hard to do over a zoom meeting. Uh, so, uh, sure. I, I I've kind of been out of counseling during this time, uh, because in my work I, I live on the computer and I just don't want to do therapy by computer. Do you still know. teach? I don't. Uh, I work at a college and uh, I create films for the college, Mm -hmm. uh, work with the uh, teachers. Uh, I don't see students. Uh, I've worked with some students there. Um, I teach an online class uh, at a university. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: So not a completely different line of work, but you're just not going to stand in front of a classroom anymore.
2: I haven't been able to. Yeah. I'll put it like that. I understand. Um, Do you miss it? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: I mean, I miss, I miss the pre event, <laughs> you know, I miss.
0: Yeah. You know, I understand. I understand.
2: You know, th- there. I mean, it's like, there's no greater feeling. I, f- I think in this world than watching students create art.
0: I'm having Uh, I'm having a hard time with this one because I'm like trying to be so sensitive to what you've been through. But what I want to tell you is you got to get back to it. But who am I to say that? But Just think knowing your story. right? I've known you for all of an hour and I'm listening to this and and knowing your motivation for why you started teaching. You were a kid. There wasn't drama and theater around. You had to try really hard to find it. You found it. There Mm -hmm. was such a passion for it. You said, I got to share this with other kids. You're sharing it with other kids you have these relationships that you build with these kids that are probably so impactful. You sound like you were one of the best teachers out there. There's kids that are still reaching out to you that you've made a lasting impact on them. And then this incident happens and you don't, I'm not going to say you throw your dream away, but you completely changed course. You knew who you were. You knew what you wanted. You were on track with who you were. And this thing just threw you off. And I swear, like I just, you got to get back on that same path you were on. You knew you, you found your calling. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, yeah. And and that, I think that's part of it because I've gone through a grieving process mm. of losing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I still work in the arts. I mean, I still... And you're still uh, here.
0: You can teach until the you're theater. fucking 90. And I don't know how yeah. old you are, but you sound young. You can still... I think yeah. I think it's great to take the hiatus and allow yourself that time to recover, but I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't grieve it as if it was gone. You still have life in right. front of you, and you can always step back in front of that classroom anytime. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I know you say that. I know. Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? I under, And that's what I'm saying. I was like, I, sh- I shouldn't even say this, but this is you the say thing. say that, like, and I mean, I've got
2: like mm. – I'm already tensed. I mean, I'm just – just thinking about it, my, my whole body's tense. Well, now's not the time, you know, Yeah,
0: now's not the time. I'm not
2: ready, you know, and and, and honestly, I have had the passing thought of going back, but I, I I can't go back until I know I can go back and build those relationships. Right. Uh, Right. that, That I can be that teacher that I was because when I left, I, you know, I've been there for, you know, 15 years at the same campus and I felt like I was doing a disservice to the kids by being there. Right. Because I wasn't that guy anymore. Right. And if I go back, I've got to, I've got to find that guy first.
0: No, you don't. And that's going to fuck with you. If you try to do that, you don't have to find that guy. What you need to find is the guy who has been through, you're trying to find a guy from before an event happened that changed your life. There's no, yeah. You're not going to remove that or delete that from, you can't delete the scene, right? It's there right. already. What yeah. you've got to be is the guy post that event who dealt with that and actually came back stronger with more empathy, more compassion, more love, right? Yeah. Because you've overcome that. And so you still have that heart in there, but you've grown. You've been through that experience. You're not going to erase it. I think trying to go back, and that's what a lot of people struggle with, and it keeps them in therapy and keeps them like losing their shit for the rest of their life because they're trying to rewind go back to something they were. And you never can. None of us can. Traumatic event or not, I can never be who I was 10 years ago because I'm not that person anymore. You know, you're you're the first
2: person that's ever even said that to me. (laughs) And I've seen
0: three counselors. (laughs) You'll spend the rest of your life trying to recreate some shit. There's no way you can do that, bro. It's gonna kill you trying to do that. And it's gonna you'll yeah, you'll be in therapy for the rest of your life trying to be you gotta stop and just say, That was who I was then. Yeah. This thing happened, that fucking sucked. Now, I know that it's not every kid in America that's going to do that. The chances of the lightning striking twice, it's probably not ever going to happen again. That kid was fucked up. The staff and the faculty there let me down and they failed me. I told them I needed support. They didn't do their job and that all sucks. But moving along, I'm still here. I've got a wife who loves me, who saved my life. You know, and you seem like a really good judge of character, bro. Like all these people who fucked you over because they were incompetent, you've called them out. Like you've identified them. You have a good, you're able to make the distinction between good people, competent people, bad people. You're able, like all these times, your accuracy has been spot on. It's just that the other people you've tried to get to support you have failed you, but you knew what you were doing. That you should be a leader. Yeah. Because you CB, you, you're you a good judge of character. You know good people. You know bad people. You know troubling situations. You know dangerous situations. You know good situations. You've, not everybody has that vision that you have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I do have a, my principal certification. What is that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm
2: certified to be a principal as well. Uh, that's something I've thought
0: about. Well, you know, if you want it, that's a different job. You know, if you want to, yeah, do job, is, a uh,
2: job. if you want to create change, it's hard to create it from the bottom.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if your new passion is, Hey, I was a teacher, this is something I've been and just think about how powerful that is. When you stand up in the auditorium in front of the school and say, this is what I went through. When you stand in front of the faculty and you said, this is what I went through. I was a teacher. I sat in your shoes. I know what it's like to not get support from the administration. Then this is what happened, but I'm back because I want to make change because this needs to be yeah. done better. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, and that's something that has has been in my mind a lot lately.
0: There's a great chapter you have behind you, and there's a great chapter you're in now, and there's a great chapter coming next. And don't try to go back to chapter two. It's time for chapter four, five, or six, or wherever you are. You know what I mean? Right on.
2: Right on. I appreciate that.
0: Hell yeah. Take that with you.
2: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: You're a good dude, man. You're a good dude. You're one of the best.
2: Well, you know, I've... I've told my wife and even cried over it. I just want to be a good man. That, that's, that's been my, my mantra. Uh, I just want to be a good man.
0: You are. I'm a good judge of character too, and I know your heart. I already figured you out. I know your heart. Everything you've ever done in your whole life has been about protecting others or giving or loving. Like you're. If you're not a good man, who is? Mission accomplished, bro. You're a good person. Yeah.
2: And then again I'm also one of those people that it's hard to take, you know, <laughs> hard to take compliments for some reason, I don't know. <laughs> because because you're a good
0: person, it's hard for me too. I get really uncomfortable when people compliment yeah. me. Not in a super awkward way, but it's just like it's all yeah. about giving. It's not about receiving. So when somebody tries it's you don't want the focus on you. That's the mark of what the greatest people are that way.
2: Yeah. Well, and that, that's kind of how I've always been and you can ask any parent that's come to any of the shows that, you know, I was part of Mm-hmm. If they gave me a compliment, it was always reflected to the kids. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they did a good job. The kids did a good job. They're the ones that did it, you know, because because I was so uncomfortable <laughs> taking, you know. Here's compliment.
0: the one, here's the one thing though, the caveat, right? Here's the one thing. You yeah. got here's you don't want to do that to the extreme. At some sure. point, you also, as uncomfortable as it may be, you have to be able to stop pat yourself on the back and say, but you know what? I'm the motherfucker too. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> because otherwise you won't be able to have the confidence and the strength that you need to go on and continue doing that good work in the world. You have to also build yourself up and take care of you and say, you know what? I'm pretty all right. Okay. I, you know, I've done some shit.
2: <laughs> we'll admit, you know, when I would sit out and see those shows, I would be saying, damn, I'm I'm good.
0: Damn but- right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. But, Dude, I think your greatest days are ahead of you. And I think that, you know, the the it, it's a new and improved you that's coming once you emerge from the cocoon. Take your time and go through your healing. Yeah. But just, you know, that one thing, just t- grab that and take that with you that like, what's in the past is in the past and what's coming next is going to be greater and it's evolved and it's the culmination of all these experiences that are behind you and then the vision that you have now, you know, from this yeah. vantage point, what comes next, you know?
2: I also want to say I'm I'm excessively grateful for the job that I have now. Uh, I've Mm -hmm. got an amazing boss. Uh, We've become good friends and he's actually, I I let him in on, you know, my past experience. So Mm -hmm. he would know, you know, if I was having a bad day or whatever. Uh, And he's been, you know, amazingly supportive. And, uh, and and it was really funny because it fell in my lap. Um, because nobody else wanted the job. <laughs> and I had actually already been given uh, uh, approval to retire early mm. from the uh, retirement due to the PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I was having to wait because I was teaching that online class mm-hmm. uh, to start it. And then this came, you know the month before that, and I started working there. And my my thought was, if I don't like it, I'll just quit and retire. It'll be fine, right? But you know, I I enjoy my work that I'm doing now, and I've got a great support. And I think it is a it's a grant position, so it's only there for another two years. So mm-hmm. uh, eventually, I'm going to have to shit or get off the pot. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is probably a good thing, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um. I wonder this, right? Is like, I know that we've changed your name for this episode. There's a couple times where you mentioned, uh, you know, names and I'll make sure that we go back and clean it up before we air this. So nobody will hear any yeah, of that. Pretty
2: much every name that I've said I've made up.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing is like when you're, when you're good and ready, you're going to yeah. be telling this story to the world.
2: Yeah.
0: When you're good and ready. You're, this this story is actually going to become not something that you're hiding, but it's going to become your greatest accomplishment, your greatest achievement, overcoming this and one of the most pivotal moments in your life. And it's going to be your story of overcoming. It's going to be your story of uh, of perseverance and of how you take a bad situation and grow from it and move on to your next chapter and use that as energy to make changes and improvements in the world and this is going to be a really pivotal story that you're going to share with everybody and they're going to be moved by it when you're ready.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause now it freaks me the hell out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's just about planting the seed. I'm saying that only right. for the thought of like, Hey, plant this seed and yeah. and at least know that like, Hey, slowly crawl, but move in that direction. You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. I understand. Yeah. I
0: understand. Well, I appreciate all the time and I appreciate you sharing and being such an open book. And, uh, fuck man, this was a heavy story. I didn't expect all this. I knew it was going to be deep, but, uh, you had me crying over here. Just uh, feeling for you, man.
2: I just decided when I was going to do this, I was going to just lay it all out there. Um, and, and the one thing I would say is, you know, if anybody is out there and they've been through something traumatic or or not, I I think to get to the point of wanting to kill yourself, you have to have been through some, some shit. Uh, look for that opportunity to ask for help. And if there's not one, make one because there's help out there, you know, call, you know, call a hotline, call a friend, call somebody, uh, before you, for, before you, you do it. Um, I mean, that's not a very elegant way of saying it. But.
0: No, that's beautiful. And, and that we try to get yeah. to that with everybody that we talk to is like, what's the yeah. advice? Because somebody's listening to this. They've been through it and they're like, well, what do I do? Right. And so yeah. that's, I think those Facebook groups are also really good. If you don't have a friend in the world, there's somebody there who is, is, you know.
2: Yeah. I got kicked off one of those. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked it, you out of the Facebook group. They kicked me out of the PTSD group. Why? This dude came on there and started triggering people. Um, mm. He was talking about his brother going to uh, jail for like molesting this girl mm-hmm. and had not put any trigger warnings on it or anything. had mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to do with PTSD. He was a fucking troll, yeah. and so I told him where he could go and what he could do with it, <laughs> and he uh, out.
0: They kicked me out. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's not the right group anyway. What the fuck? Yeah.
2: I think that's the group where you guys found me. But Oh, anyway. is
1: it? You're kicked out yeah, of that group I'm now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's that protector in me because there was, you know, people that were responding to it and uh, I told him where he could go and how to get there. Uh, yeah.
0: You know what? Never lose that, dude. People the world yeah. needs more people like you, you know? people who care and people who aren't going to let others get pushed around or bullied. Like, you know, the world needs more guys like you.
2: Well, I mean, it's one of my things that, you know, I, I tell my students and, you know, my former students, you know, I, I've been able to start doing this again recently is, you know, I'm here for you guys. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the kids that I've taught, you know, cause you're still my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time I had a kid go live on Facebook Saying he was about to kill himself, wow! And he wouldn't tell anybody where he was. And I got on there, and he told me. And so I went there, and I got there about the same time as the cops. Mm. And there was an African American young man, and he was, you know, he was freaking out at that point. He was already freaked out, and then the cops showed up. And so I stood between him and the police mm. uh, until everybody, you know, understood what the situation was, and. Right. Uh, I ended up taking taking him home and you know trying to help, but you know I, I. We we just need everybody to do to do something. You know, I mean this right now with with all of this going on. If 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 everybody would just do one thing every day to help somebody or make a difference in somebody else's life, even in a small way, like I fucking called one of my students yesterday. It was his birthday. Uh, He graduated, you know, 10 years ago and I called him for his birthday just to to wish him happy birthday. Mm. And I mean, I I knew I made his day. Yep. I mean, it cost me a minute and a half of my time and it made his day
1: Made his because
2: he said, you know, I've been getting all these Facebook, you know, people saying happy birthday, but nobody's called and talked to me today. Mm. Mm. I was like, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta do things. You've got to help each other. Just a little
0: bit of love. Just spread a little bit of love and it goes a long way.
2: Well, if, if if you think about it, you know, the millions of people that live in our country, if everybody did one thing every day to help somebody else, I mean, it'd be a great place to live.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the kindest things you can do is lend an ear, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The kindest thing you can do, like so many of us are out here just feeling like no one cares, nobody's right. listening. And if you can just stop and say, hey, man, like, how, you know, guys, girl, it doesn't matter, but how, you know, how's it going? Not like a bullshit. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. But like, yeah. really, like, how are you doing? And just listen, yeah. that can, that can make the world a difference for somebody just that alone, you know?
2: And that, that was the other thing, you know, when I was going through, you know, and as I continue to go through is. I don't have people that you know reach out like that. We don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I can't think of anybody that's you know you know called to check on me or you know stuff like that. You know, I have my family and you know close friends, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I've realized you know that my friend. My close friends have gone way, way down Mm. over the past, you know, three years. So, uh, I think it's the trust thing as well, just, and not wanting to, uh, the the connection is weird again.
0: Yeah. And sometimes we kind of, grow out of relationships with people and trying to go back and stick with those and recreate them and all that. Again, you know, there's just so many times we can't go back as nostalgic and as fond as those times and relationships are, sometimes the only path is forward, you know, yeah, and it looks different. Uh, I will make sure that you get the link to this when we post it so you can check it out and appreciate that absolutely and keep doing what you're doing i fucking love you dude you have such a good heart i can already see it just from knowing you for an hour and uh and just keep keep that in mind that you can't go back you can only go forward and i think that's what you need to really clear your path and get out of this situation and move on just just it's a new you coming yeah you know I what I mean? it. absolutely love you I brother if you need anything i'm gonna i'm gonna is it okay if i connect with you on facebook
2: Oh yeah, I'd love that. That'd be great.
0: Okay. So let's keep up then. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Sounds good. You too. Hey guys, I just want to leave you with one last word on that. I mean, beautiful conversation. Just like I said, great guy, great big heart, passionate, reminds me of one of my very best friends. And just like I told him, honestly, I really hope that he finds it in his heart to make it back to the classroom someday because, man, we need more great teachers like that. That guy really deserves to be in front of the classroom, following his calling, doing what's in his heart, and those kids need him. Kenyon, I'm pulling for you, brother. Get strong, get well, and get back out there when you can. It's a new you coming, it's not the old you, it's a new you, a better you, improved you, stronger, more well-rounded, wider peripheral vision, more experienced, more insightful, more loving, you've been to the pits of hell and back, you survived it all. Now look at you Let's go Love you man Love you all I really do People say that shit They don't mean it I fucking mean it I love you I'm serious Alright Till next time Web chats Thank you for joining me It's an honor to do this. Honestly, it is.
1: Peace.